Welcome to this podcast series Transform Your Life by Understanding Bhagavad Gita. This is your host Dr. Sanjeev Haribhakti and I'm here not just because I am a surgeon by profession but because I am a student of Vedanta since 2008 with the blessings of my teacher Guru Ma Samananda Saraswati ji at Samadarshan Ashram. Om Shri Paramatmane Namaha The 13th Adhyaya of Shri Bhagavad Gita Kshetra Shitragnya Vibhaga Yoga It is the path of knowledge of the field also known as Kshetra and the knower of the field Shitragnya and this is the crux of the message of Bhagavad Gita and the Upanishad as Gita Ji is the summary of the Upanishad The 13th adhyaya marks the beginning of the third shatka of Shrimad Bhagavad Gita the final six adhyayas The first shatka from the first to the sixth adhyaya reveals the true nature of the individual the jiva swarupa The second shatka from the 7th to the 12th adhyaya exposes the true nature of the eternal the ishvara ishvara swarupa whereas the third shatka from the 13th to the 18th adhyaya unfolds the true knowledge of the essential oneness of the jiva and the ishvara the 12th adhyaya is bhakti yoga and the natural culmination of bhakti is into gnana the 13th adhyaya which is a little intense reveals the highest and the most secretive knowledge for the final time shri krishna describes this divine knowledge in bhagavad gita all the later chapters from 14 to 17 the adhyaya only help us to assimilate this knowledge in our daily life and the penultimate 18th adhyaya summarizes what krishna has unfolded in the entire bhagavad gita the highest divinity the internal consciousness the brahman which is the unmanifest eternal formless divine and knowing this essence of this divinity in perfection is the fructification of human life its ultimate goal The first words of the 13th adhyaya starts with Arjuna's question. This verse is not present in many Gita ji and it may have been added later on. Therefore this verse is not numbered. Arjuna actually asks three questions which are very similar but differently worded as he wishes to clarify the differentiation between the creation and the creator. Arjuna uvacha prakrutim purusham chaiva क्षेत्रम क्षेत्रज्ञमेव चेतद्वेदीतुम्छा ज्ञान ज्ञेय च केशव अर्जुन से जो केशव आई विश टू नो फ्रॉम यू वन वॉट इज प्रकृति हू इज पुरुषा सेकंड वॉट इज क्षेत्र एंड हू इज द क्षेत्रज्ञ थर्ड वॉट इज द नॉलेज एंड हू इज वर्थ नोइंग Arjuna wants to have more clarity of what he has heard so far. He wants to know clearly the difference between the different parts of the creation, the prakruti, and the one who is the highest and the first being, the creator, the purusha. The field of creation is the one where one can toil, put in efforts and produce results. Thus the field of creation is called kshetra, where the whereas the owner of the field, one who knows the field completely is known as the kshetragnya. This is the highest divine knowledge gnana the only knowledge worth knowing gneya which is a basis of all the knowledge as it is the foundation of all in the universe the complete knower of this highest knowledge 
the highest divinity is the only one who is worth knowing gneya shri krishna answers shri bhagavan uvacha idam shariram kshetram iti abhitiyate he says this body is the kshetra etad yahaveti kshetragnya one who knows this body knower is the kshetragnya iti tad vid tam prahu he says one who knows both these elements truly have said this Shri Krishna answers all the three questions of Arjuna in details to clarify all the doubts in the mind of Arjuna regarding the creation and the creator. From the first to the sixteenth words, Krishna describes different aspects of Kshetra and Kshetragnya, including the moral values needed by the seeker to understand these differentiations. In the seventeenth and eighteenth words, Krishna says, "This is the divine knowledge, Gnana, and this is the one which is worth knowing, Gneya." and then from 19 to 25 verse he describes the differentiations of the prakruti and the purusha and the final verses from the 26 to 34 he summarizes the understanding of the communion of the kshetra and the kshetragna kshetra also called the field khetra and krishna says this body is the field kshetra the field is a place where seeds can be sown and harvest can be reaped this body is also like a field where seeds of actions karma can be sown and appropriate harvest like the fruits of actions karma phala can be reaped just like a field as in life what we sow as karma is what we reap as karma phala and this is in short the law of karma and karma phala krishna clearly says this body which can be experienced as an object idam shariram kshetram iti abhidhiyate and this world which is also an object of experience is the field it is a kshetra whereas i aham the one who experiences the subject of the experience is different i can experience this body but i am not this body thus the field kshetra is this idam the object of the experience whereas the knower of the field kshetragnya i as aham is the subject of the experience and both are completely different the entire universe jagata is the object of experience it is idam all the individuals sharira are the field kshetra the part of idam the object of the experience the pure consciousness chaitanya atma as part of my true self aham is the only subject of all experiences and never becomes the object of the experience from the outer world for example for our house our car our phone this becomes very clear we say my house my car my phone but when it comes to our body sharira our senses indriya our mind mana and our intellect buddhi there is a confusion for them we unknowingly use both the phrases mind as well as i sometimes we say this is my body this is my mind and this or sometimes you say i am fat i am ugly i am disturbed i am so and so i am upset and denote it as i aham bhagwan krishna gives us this clarity that i am truly the knower of this body its shape its size of this mind and its thoughts of the senses and its experiences and the intellect and its decisions my body keeps changing from young to adolescent to adulthood and to old age it is seen whereas i the witness the drashta remains the same this is a wide discrimination viveka that is needed in vedant to inquire and attain my true self this wise discrimination includes the drashta drashya viveka 
the discrimination between the seer or the witness who is different from the seen the nitya anitya viveka the permanent is completely different from the ever changing world and the jada chetana viveka that the insentient non living body mind intellect is illuminated by the sentient consciousness the chetana tattva and then in the next shlok bhagwan says shetragnam chapi mam vidhi he says no me as a shetragna of all the knower of all bodies sarvakshetreshu bharata of all these bodies o arjuna kshetra kshetragna yagnanam yattajnanam matam mama he says the knowledge of kshetra and kshetragna is a true knowledge in my opinion here krishna says that the divine ishwar is the knower of all the fields the knower of one field is the knower of all the fields the entire creation the real knowledge that we need to have is this true knowledge that the kshetra and the kshetragna the creation and the creator is different these first two verses are the summary of the vedant knowledge in the first verse krishna says know that all that which is the object of your experience idam can be experienced including the entire universe and all the living being sharira is the field of creation it is the kshetra and the knower of this field kshetragna my true self i as aham who knows this body mind complex kshetra is the kshetragna the knower of the kshetra and the subject of the experience who is completely different than the object of the experience in the second verse krishna says that know me as the knower as a kshetragna of all the fields of all the kshetra this means that the knower of one field is the same as the knower of all the fields in essence the true i is the same as that the individual is same as the essence of the eternity i am that aham brahmasmi and this is the epitome of the knowledge of the upanishad according to this knowledge an individual atma is the same as the universal divine parmatma the essence of the individual jiva is the same as the essence of the omnipresent omnipresent divinity the ishvara and that i am complete unlimited pure consciousness we spend all our life in gathering knowledge of the seen world the kshetra this knowledge of the world or kshetra is called apravidya whereas the knowledge of the self the knower of the field or kshetragna which is only worth knowing according to krishna is called paravidya and this is the essential difference that krishna wants us to be clear about now in the next words krishna describes what is the field the kshetra he says tat kshetram yatcha yadrakcha yat vikari yatascha yata the true nature of the kshetra its modifications its origins and all its energies too you shall hear from me now in brief krishna is now starting the detailed description of the field of creation the kshetra that's why he's telling arjuna it is very important listen carefully and decide accordingly krishna says he'll describe all the different aspects of kshetra with all its modifications and energies that run this field many before me have already said the same thing and this shows the humility of krishna he says rushi bi bahuda geetam chando bi vividhai prathaka many rishis have sung their glories vedas have said the same brahma sutra also has described it by logic and it has been decided finally with logic what krishna is giving here to arjuna is a knowledge of the sanatana dharma it is a perennial knowledge a lineage since times immemorial this knowledge has been passed on since generations initially by the herd lineage shruti parampara by the rishis even before the script was invented krishna says many rishis who were seers have seen these mantras and have preached about this knowledge even the cardinal scriptures like of vedanta like vedas and brahma sutra have described the same divine knowledge 
along with Bhagavad Gita, these three form the initial three scriptures for initial inquiry into the school of Vedanta called Prasthantrai. In the Vedanta school of thought, the deduction is derived by logic and several processes, prakriya, which are given in the scriptures. Whatever is said must be firmly understood by the seeker and it is explained and concluded in a very logical process. Now Krishna describes a Kshetra consisting of 24 elements. Mahabhutani, Ahankara, Buddhya, Vyaktamevacha. He says the five great elements, the ego, intellect and the maya. Indriyani, Dashekamcha, Panchachendriya, Gocharaha. The ten sense organs, mind and the five objects of the senses. In the Sankhya Shastra, the creation or Kshetra, also called Prakriti, is initially the subtle creation consisting of 24 elements. These include the five great elements, the Panch Bhuta, including the Akasha, Vayu, Agni, Jala, Prithvi, the space, the wind, the fire, the water and the earth, the four inner mind, Chattva, Antakarana, the ego, the mind, intellect, the Maya, the tenth sense organs, Indriyani, Dasha, including the five Gnanendriyas and the five Karmendriyas. And the five Gnanendriyas include the Shotra, Chakshu, Twag, Rasana, Grana, the sense of listening, the sense of seeing, touch, taste and smell. Whereas the five Karmendriya include the power of speech, Vak, Hasta, the hands, Pada, the feet, excretory and the progeny, procreating organs like the Payu and the Upastha. The five objects of these five senses are the Shabda, Sparsha, Rupa, Rasagandha, the words, the touch, the form, the taste and the smell. And these 24 elements together form the material for the entire creation to happen. In the first step, the formless divinity, the Brahman, with the energies of his Maya, forms the Ishwara, from which the creation arises. Initially, the creation is unmanifest and subtle, Sukshma, and then later after grossification, and mixing of the elements by a process called Panchikarana, the gross manifestation, manifestation or the creation comes into play. The purpose of describing the creation in details is to understand that behind this beautiful and ever-changing creation, there has to be a creator. Behind this Prakruti, from which the entire creation becomes manifest, there is one Purusha, the 25th element of the creation who is primarily responsible for the creation, who is a Jagata Karana, and is materially very different from the creation, but is not separate from the creation. It is Abhinna, Nimitta and Upadana Karana. It is unattached to the creation, is Akarta, and provides all the energies needed to run this creation, all the Satta and the Spurti. It is the substratum or the foundation of the creation, the Adhishtana. In scriptures, there is a way to understand and reach to the divine, and it is only from knowing the known we can reach to the unknown. This process is called Laya Prakriya. As you think of each thing or each being in creation, Karya, we can think of its cause, the Karana, and finally we can reach to the divine Ishwara. The creation is constantly modifying and changing every moment. It is made of matter consisting primarily of the five great elements, the Panchamahabhutani, and the three Gunas, the Sattva, Rajas, and the Tamas which undergoes constant changes. In the next verse, Krishna describes all the modifications of the ever-changing universe, the Kshetra or the Prakruti. Icha dvesha sukha dukkham sanghata shchetana drutihi Desires, angers, pleasure, pain, collectively called the body-mind-intellect complex, intellect, 
ability to bear or self confidence etat kshetram samasena savikaram udahyutam he says this is the brief body kshetra along with all its modifications a large part of the kshetra or the creation is subtle unseen abhyakta not recognizable but only experienced by our own self the subtle world the sukshma jagata this dominantly consists of our mind where all the emotions like pleasure pain sukha dukha all the desires ichha all the attachments raga and repulsion twesha are perceived also it consists of our intellect which is the seat of our knowledge and decision making our memory chitta and our power to have patience confidence and courage the druti shakti needed to bear the ups and downs of life are also the energies of the subtle body all this part parts of our subtle body the sukshma sharira keeps constantly changing sabhikaram and along with the gross body this forms an individual with a body mind sense intellect complex sanghata which we call as our identity as aham the 13th adhyaya kshetra kshetragya vibhaga yoga describes the kshetra the creation its elements its modifications with the goal to know the kshetragna the knower or the creator or the divinity this needs a kind of a special preparation of mind before one can understand the utmost subtle divinity which is all pervading unmanifest and omnipresent so now in the next five verses from the 7th to the 11th verses krishna describes 20 values sadguna which are moral and life changing values which provide us with the eligibility for self knowledge for the seekers a maturity of the mind and intellect is essential to lessen the gap between the mind and intellect so that the right understanding sinks in with the right mindset leading to the right actions only with such a harmonious personality assimilation of self knowledge or atmagnana is possible most philosophies and religions across the globe prescribe some form of moral values or the righteous way of life dharma for humans in bhagavad gita the krishna describes such eternal ethical values as the foundation of life in many different adhyayas like the 12th 13th 15th and 16th we all know these moral values instinctively in essence what i expect from others i should do to others and what i do what i don't expect from others i should not do to them these ethical values need to be imbibed in our life for change to become a better person to imbibe more sattva guna and finally to make ourselves eligible to understand the most subtle divinity in the universe these moral values are like mirrors for ourselves when we need to look within for change they are not meant to change others as that is not within our domain the journey for life change involves a process before imbibing the good values we first need to chisel off the evil qualities or the vicious propensities within us by awareness and understanding only then the good values the sadguna like ornaments will beautify our life this will give us the contentment and ever eluding peace in life this will make us eligible to receive and uphold the self knowledge there is a big difference between to know these moral values and to practice them in our life these values become a part of our life only when we understand the value of these values only when i am able to see these values will bring a positive change in my life i'll be able to see that these values are indeed valuable to me and when i see them as valuable the value of these values will become a priority in my life thus i'll then make efforts to imbibe these values in my life 
Krishna describes the moral values. We'll start with them, the 20 values one by one, which makes the seekers available to know the formless divinity, the Nirguna Brahma. The first and the foremost is Amanitvam, lack of desire for respect from others. Amanitvam, having absence of desire for respect from others is a very lofty ideal. We all always want to be recognized for our work, appreciated for what we do and want to be respected for what we are. Therefore, to have an absence of craving for respect from others seems to be very difficult to achieve. Amanitvam does not mean to accept everything others give us and be complacent and coward not to respond. We need to uphold our self-respect but need to differentiate our self-respect from self-egotism, being duly unduly obsessed with ourselves. The solutions to develop an attitude not to expect too much respect from others is firstly to learn to assess myself correctly. If my self-assessment of my own self is appropriate, I don't need to yearn appreciation or respect from others. It is the undue expectations that hurt us when they remain unfulfilled. The solution is only the right understanding and the right attitude towards our self and our life. We should know for sure that respect is commanded by conduct and cannot be demanded by words. Acceptance of others as they are is the first step to change. Adambutvam, the second value, lack of showing off to get attention. Adambutvam is another moral value not easy to have. We are programmed to show off more than what we have and what we are. We humans commonly exaggerate when we talk. People love to show off their knowledge, their wealth, their possessions, their relations, who are influential and to know them. If we inquire into the cause of this, we deduce that it is due to the incompleteness within and its unacceptance that leads us to show off and exaggerate. It is more important to be good than look good. Simplicity is prescribed for peace in life. The third value is ahimsa, non-violence. Ahimsa, the practice of non-violence, is a common value for all and is preached in all philosophies and religions. The principle of live and let others live is the principle of non-violence. In scriptures, non-violence is not just bodily or in actions, but also by words and by minds or in thoughts, we should have non-violence. Whether non-violence in words, the vachika is the most damaging, a common habit of many due to unawareness. Guruma shows the solution to listen more, to speak less and to think and speak and to say sorry when we disrespect others. Scriptures say our words should be truthful, satya, likable, priya and beneficial, hitkari to others. They should be respectful, mrudu, soft, firm, occasionally strong but not harsh in any circumstances. The non-violence by mind, manasik, is to have unpious is not to have any uh, 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 unpious thoughts and it shows an eccentric mind which needs to be matured. We need to make our mind our best friend and not our enemy. Making a conscious effort to remain happy always will help us develop such attitudes. Kshanti, the next moral value or forgiveness or being accommodative is different than forbearance or sahanshilata. Forbearance or sahanshilta is for situations or for circumstances, whereas forgiveness, shanti is towards people who hurt us. Forgiveness is a great virtue, especially essential for maintaining healthy and loving relationships. We need to recognize that everyone is not the same and different people have different qualities. 
there are strengths and weaknesses of all and just like I have them. People do forgive me often and so should I to others. It's okay to forgive and it will only bring me peace in my relationships. Being accommodative is being flexible, being strong but not being too rigid in our conduct. It is a positive, matured attitude where we, ab- we are able to forget happily and forgive happily and leave others as they are. This attitude will only give us more freedom and happiness. The next value is Arjavam. Arjavam is simply nothing but simplicity. It means absence of fraud, dishonesty and having a simple personality. All the three, the mind, body and actions are aligned for such a person. It is rare to find such a person. We tend to justify our dichotomies. We tend to see others' faults in many situations. With contentment and peace of mind, life becomes much simpler. This creation creates harmonious relations and strong bonds with my family, friends and colleagues. Simplicity also does not mean to remain silent. We need to voice our concerns, uphold our rights, but in an appropriate manner, worthy of respect. Simplicity is greatness and is ornamental for a person as his personality shines out by being simple. All great men like Gandhi and others have been simple. Therefore, we can say simplicity is greatness. A simple person will accept his own mistakes while accepting the virtues of others and solicit help when in need. The next virtue is Acharya Upasanam, taking the shelter of a Guru. Acharya Upasanam means devotion or service to the Guru, Guru Bhakti. We need a mentor for gaining any knowledge. Scriptures have a hidden meaning and have many subtle subjects difficult and almost impossible for us to study and understand on our own. Therefore, we need a skilled Acharya Guru to handle the words of the scriptures who has learned this art from the lineage, the Guru Shishya Parampara. An ideal Guru is one who is both learned, knower of the knowledge, having Shrotriya, and who is realized, steadfast in this knowledge in life, Brahmanishta. It is said in the scriptures that it is the grace of the Lord to have a Guru in life, and it is the grace of the Guru that we are able to understand the divine knowledge for a seeker. A shelter of the Guru helps to dissolve our pride and shows us the right path and guides us on the path. The words of the Guru become an ideal for us to learn and follow. A real Guru is hard to find. They are so gracious, they always think about the benefits of students and always inspires and uplift their students. Shaucham is purity or being auspicious. This involves hygiene by keeping our body clean, by regular bathing, hand hygiene, cleanliness of clothes, clean home, clean place of work, clean food, money, etc. Everything in our life must be well organized, well managed to have auspiciousness in each of the things. Purity, more importantly, involves inner purity, which comes only by awareness and by efforts. The mind needs to be filled with divine qualities, avoiding vices and staying away from hunger, avoiding anger and jealousy in life. Daily introspection is essential to clean the mind every day. The next value is Thairiyam. Thairiyam means steadiness or firmness in life. Remaining steadfast in the spiritual journey of life is what it means. We should adopt each means a sadhana with faith and do it daily nirantara as a routine making it as a habit. A firmness in our actions is the first priority. Doing all our duties in different roles of our life is needed to achieve anything meaningful in life. To have firmness in our goals is to pursue them with determination, understanding and a firm resolve to change our life 
to reach our worthy goals. Discipline in our routine schedules with a firm resolve with flexibility and not rigidity increases our self-confidence to attain our goals. We need to overcome all obstacles and difficulties that come our path with a firmness of conviction to reach our goals. Atma Vinigraha is self-control or mind control. The word Atma normally means our true self, the pure consciousness. But often in scriptures, the word Atma is used to denote our body-mind-sense complex, which we believe is our identity. Vinigraha means to uphold well with understanding. Therefore, Atma Vinigraha means self-control or mastery over the mind. Initially, this will be with some efforts, but the goal is to have effortless control, what is called as a Sahaja Niyantrana, like a trained horse, Sadashwaha, who obeys his master. Gradually, the mind needs to be conditioned so that we can use it when needed and retire it to calmness when not needed. Vishnu continues with the description of the moral values. He says, Indriyarteshu Vairagyam, dispassion from the objects of all the five knowledge senses. Most of us are not even aware of the strong sense of attachment of our knowledge senses, the Gnanindriya, to the objects, Vishaya. Having a letting go or detachment from the worldly objects in life is called dispassion or Vairagya. Detachment does not mean disrespect or being uncaring towards others. It is not insulting any relations or worldly objects. It is definitely not running away or shirking from our responsibilities. It is not sitting in silence, in solitude, with torn clothes. It is not even forceful control over our mind and thoughts by suppression. But Vairagya is an ideal, healthy and matured condition of the mind. Ideal because I can see the world, persons and situations as it is without any colors, prejudices or conditioning of my mind or with judgments. Vairagya is the absence of the good and the bad labels or judgment that it often give in life. Attachment is the presence of persons or objects that gives pleasure, a state of absence of pain, whereas repulsion is the raga and dvesha. Is the state where the presence of a certain object's person situation disturbs me or gives me pain, and their absence gives me a feeling of pleasure. Absence of vairagya is almost impossible, and therefore the goal is to have minimal of strong likes and dislikes, the raga dvesha, to have a healthy, balanced, and a calm mind. This practical vairagya is useful for all, and all can attain it with understanding, introspection, a firm resolve, and regular practice in life. Anahankaraha is to have a lack of ego or self-pride. Our ego is always at work as we keep praising, boasting our own self. Even when we expect appreciation from others, it is for our ego fulfillment. Our ego makes us to desire and even to get angry when desires are not fulfilled. Ego brings many sufferings for us in our life, in our family, by straining our relationships. Dissolving our ego is important for a seeker and regular satsang is one of the most powerful ways to do it. Working as being my instrument in the hands of the Lord, Nimitta Matra, or by doing a lot of devotion, Bhakti, is a sure short way to dissolve my pride. Janma Mrityu Jaravyadi Dukkha Doshan Darshanam Seeing the pain of birth, death, old age and disease, we daily experience life and its dualities of pleasure and pain. The pleasure or the happiness appeals to us, whereas the pain is a suffering which we endure. If we endeavor to see the reality of life as described in our scriptures, there are many situations which are beyond our control and give us utmost suffering in life. 
The pain of death or disease is the foremost of all, which is definite, unpredictable and destined any time. It is painful to have incurable diseases and death of a near one is a very painful to endure. In birth also the mother, mother undergoes severe pain during labor and bringing up a childhood of a child is also not easy. The old age is fraught with its helplessness and infirm conditions, limited capacity of the body and its organs with constant dependency on others which is also quite painful. Seeing this pain of human life naturally inspires a thought to get one relieved from all this pain. Only then detachment of vairagya will arise and a desire to become permanently free from all these pains will arise in, this, in the mind. Seeing this pain of life is not a negative attitude but certainly not to become depressed by the anticipated pain of life. But if we need to see the pain to become aware, to see the truth, so that the pain awakens us from the deep slumber. Krishna continues with the divine qualities. Asakti. He says lack of attachment. Sakti means attachment. Asakti. Or asakti means too much attachment. And asakti means lack of attachment. Attachment or sang for objects, persons, situations is very natural for human beings. Attachment means we don't want to leave it and leaving becomes painful. This may lead to invalid insistence and obstinate state of the mind to keep it with us all the time. Then there is a feeling of ownership, maliki bhav, and we want to control those people or things which are very close to us. Attachment is easy to develop but difficult to leave. Guruma shows the solution for being free from attachments. Right understanding that any problem, the problem and the solution is me and no one else is the first step to become free. Understanding that I am not an owner but just a trustee to maintain things like home and other assets. One lordship is the owner of the entire universe while I have been enshrined as responsibility for certain things and people. Knowing that everything in this world is temporary, is ever changing will also help me not to cling to people and things. Anabhishwa Putradara Gruhadishu Lack of too much affection for children, spouse, home, etc. We are all programmed to being attached to our family, home and our friends. Many of the problems in life occur due to too much of possessiveness which colors our vision and makes us unable to see the reality. Natural affection is towards our children, putra, so that we pamper them which will inculcate indiscipline and give them undue freedom and to spoil them. Too much affection towards a spouse can be replaced by mutual trust, respect, love and freedom. Too much attachment towards a home, its possessions and others is also cause for many family disputes. Therefore, lack of too much of love or affection, anabhishvangaha, is a great virtue. Nityam cha samachittatvam ishtha nishtho Always keep the mind in balance in all the likes and dislikes. Krishna loves samatva, which is the essence of the spiritual journey and is also the essence of the spiritual goal. Being equipoised does not mean being becoming rigid. It is being compassionate to all. But being not too happy in likes, raga, and not too sad in dislikes, dvesha. We need to understand that denial of a situation and not accepting the reality does not change the reality. In situations such as death of a near one or an incurable disease, we need to maintain such a samatva or balance and doing our best in the given situation while accepting what comes to us that we do not have a choice but to accept it. How to cultivate an attitude of samatva? Acceptance of any situation is golden. When I am faced without a choice, and this is the perfect solution. Eventually, time is the healer and an attitude that this 
too shall pass helps in sustain the difficult period having a faith in the almighty that whatever happens is for my own benefit enable such a samatva in life we need to respond wisely to situations rather than react without thinking or applying our mind and intellect now krishna finally describes the moral values for the serious seeker who wants to progress on the spiritual path mai chananya yogena bhakti avyavicharini he says my constant connection and one point devotion is nothing but one point devotion in the lord na anya bhakti with an unconditional love and reverence avyavicharini to the almighty this is possible only with immense faith in the lord committing god as our final goal with this acceptance we are able to accept the ups and downs of life and still maintain the equipoise in all the situations of life we are able to develop detachment vairagya and assimilate the knowledge the gnana in our life to start with this involves devotion in the form saguna bhakti and then gradually expand our horizons to see the divinity everywhere as an all pervading omnipresent divine the nirguna bhakti vivitta desha sevitvam to remain in an isolated place is creating a habit of staying alone and enjoying it too with joy it is an attitude of making the best use of time when we are alone rather than wasting it on the phone tv or other time wasters spirituality is an inner journey and we should be able to enjoy the time we spend with our own self arati janasan sudhi avoiding large get togethers another habit that a seeker needs to cultivate this means not craving for arati large group of people avoiding unnecessary social contacts as a crowd mentality is more like a herd mentality and now krishna finally shows the steps the main steps of the spiritual journey or the knowledge uh, journey adhyatma gnana nityatvam pursue the study of the self knowledge on a regular basis scriptures like vedanta upanishada also show that there is no pramana can which can show us the self knowledge as it is the foundation of all the knowledge just as a camera cannot take its own picture or the eyes cannot see its own eyes without a mirror similarly our senses cannot show the unmanifest eternal tattva as the foundation of this universe it is only with the words of the vedanta and upanishads the great statements mahavakya handled skillfully by the learned guru who has learned this skill from the lineage parampara that with these words shabda pramana will inculcate nirdesha the most subtle tattva into the minds of the seeker this is possible only by listening shravana intently regularly with open mind the guru shows the goal and the means to achieve the goal having the faith in the scriptures guru and firm resolve to achieve the goal helps the seeker the seeker needs to follow each word of the guru with its meaning and need to keep on listening till clarity or firm knowledge assimilates this process of inquiry and path of knowledge involves the three step process of shravana listening manana inner contemplation and nididhyasana the vedantic meditation to finally reach the goal listening to vedanta helps us to know what is the truth next is the process to assimilate this truth in life called manana first is to think with logic to clear all the doubts arising in the mind questions are welcome as is the faith the doubts need to be cleared by understanding and use of logic to convince the brain next and the final step is vedantic meditation nididhyasana which converts our previous habitual errors or wrong impressions purva sanskaras to the new impressions of the reality by repeated reminders of bhyasa and with a new understanding tattva gnanartha darshanam keeping the essence of the salt knowledge constantly in mind the main benefit is eternal complete freedom mukti 
knowing the self gives the highest benefit the moksha we don't do anything without benefits fruits of the knowledge atma gnana phala is ever happiness avoiding all the pains being completely dependent independent see the goal every day and try our best to reach it with efforts when will i become a free bird we need a great enthusiasm constant efforts and a lot of patience to reach to the goal the self knowledge cannot be stumbled upon accidentally it needs to be carved out by design of an arduous spiritual journey etaj gnanam iti proktam agnanam yadatanyatha bhagwan says these values are in itself the real knowledge in my view and everything else is ignorance of our own self we shall be continuing this 13th adhyaya in the next part of the part 2 of the 13th adhyaya thank you for listening to this episode in the series transform your life by understanding of bhagavad gita this is your host sanjeev hope you have gained by the sharing for more detailed understanding please visit youtube channel s haribakti it's one word s h a r i b h a k t i where you will find multiple adhyaya videos arranged in respective playlists or you could join whatsapp learning group the bhagavad gita study group where we do a guided in-depth study of bhagavad gita over one year period do send me an email request on s haribakti it's one word at the rate gmail.com so i can share a link for you to join this group thank you